1: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And I'm Nate Drolet. And together we form the Low-End Theory. Do you know where that comes from? Lindsay Lowen? <laughs> How did that just pop into your damn head? That's ridiculous. No, it's a Tribe Called Quest album. It's wow. my favorite Tribe Called Quest album, actually. Um, I know some of you out there argue that Midnight Marauders is better, but you're wrong. And I know that's true because I'm saying it on my podcast. There you go. Um, Nate and I are sitting in Denver, Colorado. It's not Colorado, even though that's what I've said my entire life. Colorado. Nate is wearing his yellow Power Company tee, which is now and forever known as the Alex Magos shirt.
0: Which even Alex Magos knows that now, thanks to Chris. Yeah,
1: and he thought it was great, and Margot thought it was hilarious. Uh, We saw them at the gym last night, along with Megan Martin and Angie Payne, and- Maddie Hong. Maddie Hong, and Brooke Rabatou, and basically, uh, by walking into CATS, we brought down the mean average of grades climbed, um, just by our presence. Um, it was a pretty strong crew and immediately I said, oh look, your your shirt twin is here and told Alex that Nate was wearing his Mego shirt and it went over really well.
0: I'm just sad I didn't get a photo. Yeah, should have. Yeah. Me rosy cheeked from blushing him rosy cheeked because he's just permanently rosy cheeked.
1: Yeah, it would have been really cute, but it didn't happen. Because we were a little bit focused on getting spanked by all the ridiculously strong climbers.
0: Getting crushed, yes.
1: Um, We're here actually filming some videos. Uh, Nate's filming them for La Sportiva. He worked on some blogs, is filming these training videos for Sportiva. And it's really ironic actually that Sportiva reached out and then things came to a head and I recorded the public service announcement. Don't believe the hype last week um, because Sportiva is doing it right. They're asking people who actually know what they're talking about instead of reaching out to one of the, uh, any number of their incredibly talented athletes saying, Hey, make these videos and tell us how you train, you know, because they know the information is going to be better and, and be able to be scalable for their audience. So, I appreciate that.
0: So thanks Sportiva. Yeah. I'm psyched to work with them. And,
1: and that sort of leads us into what we're going to be talking about here. After the PSA, we realized that that's a giant topic. Like we could talk about how to parse this information and how to decide what to do and what not to do. That could be this entire podcast for the next five years. We could just keep talking about it. Um, So we decided to slim that down so it's not quite five years. And instead, it's going to be five days, um, five episodes over the next five days on common sense versus common practice. And you want to tell them where we got that phrase?
0: Yeah, that was uh, was from the Trevor Reagan patron episode that we had. And I was listening to it in my car, and I immediately just... Like stopped and texted you, and I was like, "That's perfect." Like that phrase, just right there. Common sense. He, what he said was, "Common sense isn't always common practice."
1: Yeah, and that's so true. And if you don't, if you don't remember Trevor, he's from Train Ugly. We did an episode on uh, mindset, fixed versus growth mindset, and, um, and that one's still one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, and and the way that came up is when Trevor and I were talking, he was like. All this stuff is just common sense, right? Like, Should we even bother telling people this stuff? Because it's just common sense. And someone said to him, common sense isn't always common practice. And I think that is very evident in climbing. Um, We see it all the damn time. And we're going to talk to you a little about it here. Um, This first episode is quality versus quantity. You know one of the
0: classics
1: yeah we all know that we're supposed to go for quality but what do we all do we all go for quantity Mm -hmm. um so let's let's jump into that where do you see it happening where do you see it happening often
0: uh fast food (laughs) you know buckets of fried chicken (laughs) though i will argue that's both it's
1: it's definitely quality depending on where you go yeah Popeyes spicy chicken quality. I've,
0: yeah. Oh man, eleven pieces of chicken for eleven dollars. I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, <laughs> so, I I think one of the most common things and that a lot of people can relate to is things like power endurance workouts, four by fours, um, and this really stems to off of um, how we define what is difficulty or what is intensity Mm -hmm. and that I think you're kind of
1: blurring the lines here. Like you're, you're getting close to endurance and then you're still close to power. So where does the quality happen? Where does the quantity happen? Which direction do you go? Yeah. It's kind of
0: blurry. You know, if power endurance or strength endurance is somewhere between strength and pure strength and pure endurance, then if you want to make it harder, which way do you lean? Do you go make it more endurance or do you make it more strength? Right. Um, and so, or, you know, obviously there are other ways we can go about it, but the most common thing that I see is people go towards the way of endurance to the point to where they're they're not even close to power endurance at this point. Right. Add uh, more, add more. Yes. Yeah. Five more routes of Peter Pan's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, honestly, just a regular, like a four by four by itself is actually a lot of times not even power endurance because of how tall gyms are these days. Right, totally. You know, if you're doing four 12 move rock climbs in a row, like you just did a madness cave route. Yep. Like 12 move boulders, it's like, that is a ton of climbing and it may not seem like it because you know, you're know you like, it's a four by four, I'm sticking to these measurements. But you know if you're doing something more like a four by four on like a systems board, where you're only doing five, five moves maybe, then you're really starting to hit the mark a lot better. Yep. Um, cuz frankly you just you can't be strong for 50, 40 and 50 moves. Like it's not possible.
1: Right. Uh, right. And that, you know, that's a that's something we've talked about quite a bit like <clears throat> if you're if you're doing those 40-50 moves and you're trying really hard, it feels intense. It feels I, like high intensity. Feels, feels like high quality, high intensity training. And it might be high quality, depending on what you're going for. But we've been batting around these phrases trying to figure out how to describe this because it's kind of tough. And we've settled on perceived intensity versus max intensity. And That would be your perceived intensity is how hard are you trying in relation to this exercise. Mm -hmm. Your max intensity is essentially what percentage of your absolute maximum
0: is this? Yes. So if you're what that would look like, if you're a V7 climber, then your maximum intensity would be V7 where your perceived intensity, let's say you're doing four by fours and your last boulder is only V4, that may still feel like it is a hundred percent for you, but that is your perceived intensity. Right. Like it is still only, oh gosh, seven and four. (laughs) You should have went with V8. So you're a V8 climber. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing four by fours and your last one's V4. You're really only at 50% of your max... Right. intensity see what i did there <laughs> <laughs> math that's what you did <laughs> um so that's a really mm. common one but so yeah like and this is kind of what spurred the quality versus quant- quantity debate yeah. or talk um yeah so me. many people
1: want to go to quantity yes that seems to be the way to make your workout better make yeah. your workout harder you know we i just hit on that quite a bit in the psa you know, it seems like they took these workouts that were normal workouts, and they're like, "Let's make them better," mm-hmm. and like ten more Peter Pans. You know, just keep adding, keep adding volume, quantity, 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 and that's that does not equal quality.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, to a degree, quantity is better. Like once you hit a certain point, like so, let's use root climbing in the gym or actually outside. As an example, if you're sport climbing outside, if you're only capable of doing three pitches a day, I don't care what kind of quality you're doing. Like you are drastically limiting yourself. Mm -hmm. You only have so many good days in a season. If you can't go out and do five, seven, eight pitches, like you're really shortening how many rock climbs you can do in a year, just simply because of a lack of volume. Right. But once you hit, you know, I think once you start getting over eight, depending on the situation, you know, if you're going out and you're just doing like easy on sites, whatever. Once you hit a certain number, like, like if, if you're like, Oh, I want to hit 15 pitches every single day. That's, that's not better. Like,
1: right. And I think what, I think what you're, what you're alluding to here that I think we need to get to the point of is that you build up a certain amount of quantity in order to, be able to reach a high quality and then you don't need to continue with the quantity part of the equation in most cases yes you know you have to know what you're shooting for though i think that's the that's the big important thing here if you're an alpine climber if you're gonna go be a big wall climber for a little while quantity might be what you need oh yeah and in that case you can combine quality and quantity. They can be a similar thing. Oh, if
0: you're doing like Alpine, I wouldn't even worry about quality. Just <laughs> throw a pack on. I think you just eat a lot of calories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, train for eating.
1: <laughs> Wear knickers. Yes. Um. But you have to know what you're going for and you have to be able to define what quality is. If you're a boulder, just because you did more of your 50% max intensity that session, that that doesn't give you a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Once you can already climb V8, it's not going to help you a ton to do a bunch more V4s as a boulder.
0: As a boulder, and if you're just doing it simply for fitness. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. So when you think quality versus quantity, what's the first thing that jumps out to you?
1: You know, honestly the first thing I see, and I wrote about this a long time ago in a five bad habits of gym climbers post that I see so many people in the gym base their workout, their workout on how many pitches did I do? Like, Oh, I had a great workout tonight. I did 15 pitches, Mm -hmm. you know? So what? I don't know what that means. You know, maybe you did 15 pitches of five, seven and you want to send five twelve this year It's not going to happen just because you can do 15 pitches of five, seven, you know, and they want to keep raising that number and keep raising that number. And it's an easy to quantify thing. Like this is a number I can latch onto and I can make better the next time, make better the next time, make better the next time. You're not really making it better. You're raising the number, but you're not necessarily becoming a better climber because of it.
0: Mm -hmm. And as, as someone who has also done 24 hours of horseshoe hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please tell me how much stronger did that make you? <laughs> Cause I can, I can tell you right now I trained really hard for it. And, uh, <clears throat> I, I was a worse rock climber or fitness wise and strength wise. It did not do me any good to be able to do a hundred pitches in a day.
1: Yeah. You know what I did? Interestingly, because I ended up sending my hardest route within a month after horseshoe hell, I didn't train for Horseshoe Hell. Wow. I just did hard boulders, a bunch of hard boulders. Um, I, w- I did like three training days for Horseshoe Hell, where I would come in and I would do volume boulders, and that was really just to toughen my skin up more than anything. Um, so I was able to do my hundred routes, my hundred and fifth route, I think, was twelve B. You know, so I I climbed well through it. I didn't break any records like you did. But then I was able to go on and have a successful sport climbing season after. So.
0: Well, you know, one of us had a good season. (laughs) And uh, the other one got to beat Alex Honnold, Matt Siegel's record. So just saying, (laughs) suck it, Siegel. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's
1: the place I see it the most often and the most glaring to me is people just counting how much you did. And I think that's a really bad way to go about it. And, and even if you're the person who goes in and you project a route or you project boulders or whatever it is, I've seen a lot of people get down on themselves because they don't have an easy to quantify method and these other people do, you know? So they're comparing notes with their friends and they're like, Oh, I sent 27 new boulders tonight. And you're like, I didn't, I did two moves I hadn't done. You know, it's not as, it's not as exciting to be able to say that. But, your quality is far higher than that person who's just spinning their wheels and going through the same motions again.
0: Totally. Um, so, is there a time when you can overdo it on quality? Uh, yeah, for sure. I think I think if you are,
1: and depending on your situation, if you are going to say you're our dude, Drew Mac, you're going to Spain and you're going to be climbing on, you know, 50 meter routes. If you're super focused on quality, so to speak, and you're only worried about I want to be able to do the hardest moves, I want to you know, my I want to leave
0: fresh every single day. Yeah, I'm, I'm wanna never going to get tired Close to my
1: max intensity all the time. You
0: don't get stronger if you leave getting tired. It's true. That's that's what everyone says. Mm-hmm.
1: Then you do that for six weeks. You head over to Spain and you get to bolt number three, and you're wrecked. Oh man! You know that's how it happens. So at that time, you have to understand that quantity is is a necessary part of the equation there. You know, you have to get yourself tired. You have to push into those places that being really focused on quality isn't going to take you.
0: Mm -hmm. And you can still get a lot of quality out of that. Totally. But, and when I wrote that question, that was exactly what I was thinking as well. It's really, it can be really easy to over oversteer and say, Oh, well, I'm just going to do, if I want better endurance, I just need better strength because that's going to make every move easier. So I'm just going to go full bore, pure strength. And suddenly you're, yeah, you're not even making it to the third bolt. And that's, that's a problem because in Spain they belay like 30 feet away from the cliff. (laughs) Like you're hitting the ground. Like they're probably like eating a tuna sandwich and smoking a cigarette. Hands aren't on the break end. Like it's bad news. Oh man. Um,
1: don't let those people belay you, Drew.
0: <laughs> Ooh, sore subject. <laughs> um so are there in like another thing I want to bring up. And this is this is kind of where the lines blur a little bit of quality versus quantity, and where I think a lot of people think that they're doing quality. And they think they're just like nailing it down. And that's when when they go into the gym, they're like, I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna climb a ton of different problems, a bunch of new problems. I'm going to climb like everything I do is going to be new. Um, and they go in and man, with how Jim's set these days, like it's easy to do. You go in yeah, like,
1: that's a problem,
0: man. It, <clears throat> it totally can be. And it's like, I have so much respect for setters for the fact that they can turn over boulders and like keep them good as fast as they can. Yeah, totally. But man, unless you are, training for 24 hours of horseshoe hell or something like, God, keep it up. Or if you're just mutant strong, like it's really hard to keep up with all the new problems that are going up while keeping quality going. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah. I think it's a trap that a lot of people fall into and I'm, and I'm totally not faulting setters for this. I know that it's the way that the gyms operate. I mean, that's how they make their money. So people
0: would complain if there wasn't <laughs> fast turnover. Yeah. In,
1: so you so. should definitely keep doing it, but As a climber who wants to keep progressing, you need to be aware that there's high potential to fall into this quantity trap where you go in, there's a new section of the wall set, you flash all the things you can flash, you send the first few things in a bunch of tries that you can, and then you start projecting the things you can project, and next week, next week, there's a new section of the wall set, Rinse and you and do the exact same thing over and over and over. And for some reason, three years down the road, you're doing the same thing on the same grades mm-hmm. and you can't figure out why you're not progressing. Yeah,
0: Maybe a little bit better, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit strange, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's not anything like very significant. Like you have increased at the same rate that everyone else in your gym has. Right. Um, and so to me, this is a really big problem. And just simply that most people aren't aware of it, or they think they're doing the right things. Mm -hmm. So what I recommend is actually distilling down and saying, okay, instead of climbing on 40 different problems tonight, once I warm up, I'm going to pick two problems. I'm going to do my perfect repeats, or I'm just going to focus on them. Like, even if I can climb it well, I'm going to do it multiple times and just climb it perfectly and as best as I can try and really dial it in so that I understand them very well. And then I'll have, you know, my project after that. And then you can also even have circuits as well. So once you've done a project, you come back and you say, okay, can I do this better? And can I repeat it consistently? Yep. Cause it's one thing to just go in and look at problems as completion points. Like, Oh, I did it. Like I may have messed up the beta, but I did it. I got it done next. Right. And this is where quality
1: becomes a little more esoteric. Um, and I think perfect repeats are a really great example of that because you can't just go through the motions of a perfect repeat. You know, saying "Oh, I did five laps on this problem. I sent it off five times. Done." You know, that's not enough. You have to be hyper aware. Um, you're, you have to be concentrated. You have to be focused. And the whole idea there is to really learn how to be aware of the subtleties while you're climbing and be able to faster and faster change those things. And, you know, that's what you want to do on the crux of a problem or crux of a route that's 80 feet off the ground. You don't want to have to spend five days up there figuring out the subtleties. If you yeah. can figure it out in a few attempts on that sequence, then you're far better off. And that's what you're training in there. But by just going through the moves the way you did it the first time, you're not really learning anything. So that's where quality becomes this harder to grasp thing, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's you know it can be a bit of a trade-off. And it can, it can be hard to kind of swallow that pill because you say, well, wouldn't it be better for me to do 20 unique problems rather than just three problems that are repeated five times each? And I would argue against that. I would say you're better off doing, yeah, if you did three to four problems that you repeated five times each and you actually learn something from them rather than a warm up should not just be a way to get your body ready. Right? Like if you're climbing every time you pull onto the wall, it's an opportunity to become better or worse. Mm -hmm. Like there is no stagnant. Like if you're pulling on and you're just slopping your way through saying, Oh, okay, I need to get my big muscles warm. I need to get my hands warm. Like I'm kind of pissed. to have to warm up. I just want to go get on my project you're wasting time. Like in a 2-hour session, you may only be climbing for I don't know, what, like 10, 12 minutes, something like that, like on the wall actually moving. Yep. Like not that much time. So if you're pissing away the bulk of that time which will be spent in your warm-up because you don't really spend a lot of time on the wall when you're actually projecting, if you're pissing away the bulk of that time just mindlessly going through the motions to like get your body ready, you're wasting so much potential to get better.
1: Yeah. We all want to, you know, sing the praises of climbing being this cerebral activity, but then we don't want to get our brains involved when we're warming up. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah. And so for me, that's a really big one. I think circuiting is great too. Uh, Will England posted on the tension climbing blog, a whole series of circuit workouts. And there's mm-hmm. one that we use frequently um, that we refer to as the three strike circuit. So, picking five very hard boulders, three goes each and man, trying hard is a skill. Yeah. Yeah. Going up to a really hard boulder, imagining yourself doing it, running it through your head and pulling on and executing. That is a skill. Like it's not just simply muscle memory and strength and are your fingers, you know, strong enough today. It is, do you know how to perform?
1: Yeah. And if you can over time build that skill up and, you know, get better at flipping that switch when it's time to flip that switch you know that's that's really high quality work that's mm-hmm. happening it's not just going through the motions again yeah
0: it's not just oh i sent that project once uh, i really don't want to ever get back on it because that was luck um yeah <laughs> i'm exactly. just gonna get some get on something else yeah do
1: you see this quality versus quantity thing happening outside as well like do you see people getting into one trap or another
0: oh totally um yeah and i you know i think it can go both ways um uh yeah i mean for a lot of people just like going out and climbing a ton of volume like which i can get and it's it can be a ton of fun but if you want to progress like you know going out and you can go out and do 500 new rock climbs at an area but if they're all like things so easy you could do them in your tennis shoes like you're probably getting worse and you're just getting jug rash.
1: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really it doesn't really get you anywhere. Um, it definitely doesn't make you an accomplished climber.
0: No, definitely not.
1: And one of the thing, here's a question for you. One of the things I see that that often bothers me is again I'm back to this counting pitches things but I hear people Whenever I say what does your what do your days look like outside? And they can tell me, Oh, I get eight pitches in or I get ten pitches in. Mm-hmm. You know, I always try to get ten pitches in. And I'm like,
0: Why? I was once told by a person that if you climbed ten pitches every day, didn't matter the grade, didn't matter if they were new, that you would keep getting better. Really? Yeah, I know. I screwed up a long time yeah. ago then.
1: But I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know. I can't possibly predict that I'm going to be able to do 10 pitches the next next season when I'm out there. If I'm projecting and I'm trying something that's really, really hard for me, there's no way I'm going to climb 10 pitches that day. Mm-hmm. You know, Especially if I've got something like I can warm up on the Woody at home and i don't have to do a bunch of warm-ups that day out at the crag i can i might get three pitches in and be a mess yeah
0: but it'll still be high quality right yeah no absolutely um you know and the funny thing too is 10 is i mean the reason we go to 10 is because it's a nice round right pretty number yeah so like it there is no science behind you should do 10 pitches or you should be able to do 10 pitches it's just a good number. Like, There's not even really any rationale behind it. No. like, yeah. I mean, who knows if your partner is trying something new, God forbid you're somewhere like Rifle where they're like, hey, I'm going to go project shopping today. Like, Good luck getting 10 pitches in. You're going to be on belay <laughs> for like four hours that day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I see the, about the same mistakes outside as
0: I do inside mm-hmm. when it comes to quality versus quantity yeah um one thing i wanted to add so not everyone is always psyched on perfect repeats um you know it's not your thing it's not your thing i personally think they're amazing but one thing i like to recommend to people is if they go go into the gym and let's say there is a new set and you want to go through and you do want to flash all the boulders which is cool go do it anytime you hit a spot where you know let's say you flash it you come down if you hit a spot to where you're like i could do that better just do that one move Maybe do that like two, three move sequence. Like you don't need to repeat the entire 15 move problem or whatever, but just take that little spot and climb it well, climb it two, three, four, five times. And then when you're done and you realize, okay, this is what I should have done. Add one extra step, take a step back and look at it and say, how could I have read this the first time? When I look at this, like why did I think the thing that I thought? Did I even bother reading it? Or did I just pull on the start holds and start climbing? But it's like, if you did read it and you read it incorrectly, like what needs to change in your way that you view problems you know to fix this but yeah and that's something that i mean that won't take you more than three or four minutes and if you can if you can prevent from making an error twice good news you're going to be an expert in like two years yeah like most errors that we make are thematic like they repeat we keep making the same mistakes Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people have talked about this in the past um but yeah so like the best thing you can do to get better faster is stop making the same mistakes. Yeah, and I I may
1: have mentioned this on the podcast before. I know I've talked about it in workshops. Um, I was climbing a rifle with BJ Tilden, who climbs 14+. plus. His first pitch of the day was a 5.11 warm-up. And when I was lowering him down from the warm-up, he said, hold me here a second. And I was like, initially, I'm like, why? You know, (laughs) what the hell for? You could climb this 511 via 20 different sequences you know it's not gonna matter one of which with oven mitts on (laughs) but he he knew that that one little section right there wasn't the best way to do it there you know the rhythm was off or whatever it was and he wanted to make it better so that when he warmed up on the on the next time it would feel better to him and get him into a better place Mm -hmm. and that's a really great example of just taking that extra minute to make yourself a little bit better, you know, to recognize something was off. You're, you just want to make yourself better. And it only took, I mean, what was it? 15 seconds or something for him to do that sequence again. And Mm -hmm. then he's on the ground. Yeah, And he learned something from it. Yeah.
0: And the thing is too, and this is to me a very crucial idea that a lot, like, it's easy to miss out on when looking at kind of quality versus quantity. And this is even more towards like quantity being the higher intensity of, um, like V grades, for instance. So if you look at most problems or like even routes that are hard for you, you're not doing like one rep max intensity movements, right. Like they happen, but they're rare. Like they're very rare, like even limit boulder style mm-hmm. climbs while they have a lot to teach you, they're more rare out in the wild. Like it's rare that you're going to get on, you know, if 13A is your project level, it's rare that you're going to get on it and it's going to be a one move V8 in the middle of it. Right. What is much more likely is you're going to have to do mm, three, maybe four V3s on it and you're going to have to do them maybe a little pumped. Mm -hmm. So the thing is like, yes, getting stronger is better for that. But if you can learn how to climb V3 beautifully and well and efficiently Like that's going to be what's going to apply to your sport climbing more Mm -hmm. so. Like learning how to take your 70 and 80% max intensity and being able to make that as smooth and as dialed in as possible. Right. Yeah, you hear all the time, you don't even look pumped or
1: why'd he fall? He didn't even look tired, you know. It's not because they weren't tired or they weren't trying hard. It was because they've gotten really good at keeping their technique together, keeping their head game together, standing on their feet when they need to, and moving smoothly when everything in their head is falling apart. Like, mm-hmm. like they can feel that it's all going downhill, but keeping all those things together means they're gonna stay on the wall longer. Mm-hmm. And so often you can't see it from the ground at all. You, yeah. know, you see it all the time, people saying, Oh my God, I was so pumped. And everybody else is like, you know, like pumped at all, you know, that's a, that's a really good way to tell that it's a good rock climber. I think
0: totally. Yeah. I mean, and this applies to boulders as well. Um, I mean, you know, if you did four two move V sixes back to back, that's like roughly V 10, like it, it won't have a single V 10 move on it. Right. But it's still hard. Like you know, that's going to be eight very difficult or eight moves that are difficult to string together. So if you can learn how to climb V6 very, very well, like two movie 6s like very well, and you can learn how to just own them and climb them perfectly instead of just, you know, just making it through. Like when you do get on these problems that, or even if it's just like, oh, there's an intro V6 to a hard move. Like if you can climb that opening even better, perfect. Like that's going to help you so much more. And it's going to mean, you don't need to be as powerful for that one move at the end. Like yes, yeah. more power is helpful, it's good, but there's a time to look at quality as well.
1: Yeah, and I really want to highlight the fact that that, you know, getting smooth on a V6 doesn't necessarily mean just go into the gym and do as many V6s as you can. It means be very intentional, be very aware, try to make each attempt really high quality. Instead of just jump on as many and scrap your way to the top
0: as yeah. you can. And if you think you can do something better, take the time and do it better. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I mean, if, especially if you're in the gym, like you did, there's no, like all those problems are going to disappear in a month. will never exist again. Like it doesn't matter if you send them really. Like it doesn't matter if you go do more V6s or whatever. Like what, in the end of the day, all that matters is did you get better?
1: Yeah. If you're writing a training plan, let's say uh, for the people out there who are writing training plans for themselves, how do they make sure that that it's high quality and not just focused on more, more, more? You know, what what steps can they take early on in that process to ensure that it's not just being quantity? <clears throat>
0: I think step one is looking at the goal. Good answer. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's almost cliche at this point, but you know, keep the goal the goal and that's where so many people fall short. But what do what is your goal? What do you need to be there? Like what are the steps? If your goal is to go out and you're going to spend a three day weekend in Waco tanks and try and climb V10. You need to be able to climb three days on yep well you need to understand how you can moderate your intensity level for three days on because you can't go hard for three straight days like right. if you think you can that's probably not actually like that hard right um
1: yeah a good a good way to look at
0: that is look at a
1: like an ultra marathon runner they're going hard for a long time but i guarantee you not one hundred yard portion of that ultra marathon is at their all-out sprint yeah it's not happening
0: even all-out jog
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah totally so a three-day weekend in waco if those are your only days you need to understand that some of that time is going to be spent walking jogging and understand when to turn it up to a sprint
0: Mm -hmm. you know yeah so being able to know that and saying, okay, like this is my base amount of quantity that I need. Like maybe you're not always going three on one off, but you need to be able to withstand that much volume. Right. And so you say, okay, this is my base. This is what I need. Right. And you can even break it down more from there. Like, And you need to know what your goal
1: in Waco is. Yeah. Is, it, is your goal to go climb as many classic V7s as
0: possible? Which would be a ton of fun. It would be. Or said to try one boulder do
1: you just want to do one boulder yeah yeah
0: and so if it's one boulder like that's much more manageable and then you say well okay like how long is this boulder like how many quality go can i increase the number of quality goes that i give in a day because mm-hmm. if i only have three days i don't i'm not allowed to rest and then i'm gone like it doesn't matter how strong i am if i can only give two good red point burns in a single day and then i'm just toast Yep. unless i'm flashing that thing like i'm going to be in trouble Right. Like if it's at your true project level, it's like, okay, can we increase how many good efforts I can give in a day? Like maybe you want to worry about things like your skin or something like that. Like, um, what would you say for this question?
1: I would say that you gave a much better answer than I expected. So I try to buy you time. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know that I would add much to that. I think that, I think that, takes care of a lot of the issues if you're really looking deeply into what the goal is and how to prepare for it then you're more than likely hitting the quality elements that you need Mm -hmm. um i would add to that however that once you get there once you're standing in front of your goal don't fall into that quantity trap I see a, a, a. What I'm, what I mean by that is, if your, if your project is to do, or if your goal in your three day weekend in Waco is to do one route, and the first time you try that, that boulder, it feels really hard. Don't automatically bail out to the. I'm going to do
0: a bunch of sixes. I'm going to go do a eights. bunch of
1: sixes and sevens, right? Yeah. Because you need. We have this need to feel accomplished, you know, and for some reason, quantity gives us that feeling of accomplishment. Totally. I did so much while I was in Waco, but then you go home and you're alone and you're like, I didn't do the thing I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, so I would definitely strongly caution against that trap and say, keep the quality going all the way through the goal. You know, don't stop with the training
0: plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so how about this? What if you don't have a goal? What if your simple goal is I just want to get better these next three months. I'm going to go into the gym and I just want to be a better climber. Um, I think then you need to make a goal. I think you need to come up
1: with a goal that fits what you want. You know, something tangible that fits that goal you have of becoming a better climber. You know, what does that look like? Does that mean I want to do five thirteen A's of five different styles? Will that equate somehow to me becoming a better climber? It's going to demand a lot of me. You know, I'm going to have to be good at slab climbing. I'm going to have to be good at steep climbing and long climbing and short bouldery climbs and off with, for God's sake. No. So, <laughs> so I think that having that tangible goal, I think is so important that even if your goal is something big and broad, like I just want to become better, you need to find a tangible goal that you can attach to it and push toward.
0: Totally. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. And then as far as just inside, like climbing inside, if you're doing stuff and you're like, ah, am I just doing things to do things? I can't tell. Um, The things I would, what I would recommend is do what feels hard. Like if climbing extended feels hard for you, climb extended a bunch. If climbing bunchy feels hard for you and I don't give a shit how tall you are. I think
1: uncomfortable might even be a
0: better word than hard. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I was ranting. Um, (laughs) As I was saying, I don't care how tall you are. Like tall people like to complain how they can't climb bunch. But the thing is, you have no excuse. If you Have you ever climbed with someone who's tall and flexible? Oh, yeah, man. They're fucking cheaters, man. <laughs> like, you realize that they can keep their feet low. They can sag out further from the wall because they're taller. And they're so flexible, they can get their foot even higher than you because they've got longer legs. Like, I used to climb with a guy who is an incredible climber, like sport climber, boulder, well-rounded. About six foot two and just very flexible with strong legs. Yeah. And, man, there was nothing he couldn't do. Well, like, I've climbed with a lot of tall guys who
1: don't use their height
0: oh i mean that's no they can't climb stretched out yeah which is hilarious like i've climbed with i've climbed with a guy who's six foot five who i could do i could match him span for span yeah totally um, i mean and i am a giant <laughs> but not quite six foot five you're, you're a
1: small giant
0: yes um in my heart <laughs> but so whatever is difficult for you like that small rant was to simply say that find what's uncomfortable like don't make an excuse for why it's uncomfortable. If you are a very short person and you say, oh, climbing span is really hard for me um, because I'm short, it's like, well, suck it up, buttercup. Like, yeah. you know, it's always going to be difficult for you and mm-hmm. it's going to be even harder if you <clears throat> never focus on it. Yep. So take the time and whatever challenges you, whatever makes you uncomfortable, spend a little extra time in that. And that's how you can guarantee that you'll find quality.
1: Yeah yep and I think you can do that outside too I think if you're one of those people who loves to go outside and do a million rock climbs and and you find yourself not getting better then get uncomfortable and go check out some hard rock climbs you know maybe put some of your season into projecting you know I think I think it makes you more well-rounded. I think it makes you a better rock climber to understand all of those things. And I'm not going to allow myself to rant on this because I
0: I think this feels like a segue.
1: Yeah, this is going to be topic of number two, which is tomorrow Tomorrow, for all you guys. Until then, you can find us on the Instagrams and on the Facebooks and you can find us at our website which is powercompanyclimbing.com if you have not for God's sakes if you have not listened to the public service announcement don't believe the hype you should go do that now and then you can listen to pyramids versus towers tomorrow and you can share it all over the internets including on your twitter machine which is where we are not because we don't tweet, we scream like eagles. <laughs> <laughs> <I
0: don't know. laughs>